Life After Stroke is a production of the Hang On to the Dream Foundation, the 501c3 nonprofit organization that helps kids and adults reach their goals in life. If these Life After Stroke programs are helpful to you, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Hang On to the Dream Foundation to assist the organization in its numerous outreach activities. For more information, just go to www.hangontothedream.org. And remember, no matter how hard things seem, hang on to the dream. The following is a recorded program of an actual stroke support group. The comments expressed are the personal opinions of the participants and not necessarily the opinions of the producers, sponsors, or the broadcasters of this show. This program is not to be used as a way to diagnose or treat any medical condition that you may have. Please consult your doctor or healthcare professional before making any changes to your current medical routine. Stroke. 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 It comes out of the blue, sometimes without warning. But those who survive it should never lose hope. A stroke can be life-changing. But it is also a new beginning. Because for all survivors, there is still a beautiful life after stroke. Hey everybody, welcome to Life After Stroke. I'm Christopher Ewing. Today we are broadcasting from home base here at Providence St. Joseph's Medical Center in Burbank, California. And we are here with the gang. And we even have a new member of the gang her name is Sharon, and Sharon, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? My name is Sharon, and I'm happy to be here today. Mm. Uh, I'm in my second year, or going on my second year of recovery. My stroke was in 2017 in mm. September mm. in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And were you at home? Were you at work? Were you? Well, I was at home. I had just awakened. And I have three small dogs, and the first thing they happily do is go outside Mm -hmm. and greet the world. (laughs) And so we were doing that, and I noticed that my leg was kind of dragging, and Hmm. and I thought, oh, wow, what is this? So uh, I finished... Uh, with my chore, I went in the house, started my morning coffee, and I noticed that making the coffee was very difficult. My right hand was not acting right, hmm. and I I knew that because it never did that before. Mm. And uh, because my husband used to be the head of neurology mm. here at oh. this hospital. Okay. Uh, but I had uh, accompanied him to many ongoing educational lectures, and something seemed familiar, and mm. I googled symptoms of stroke. Mm. And then I immediately finished making the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> got to finish that coffee gotta first. Have that coffee. Oh, and then... Uh, I don't have time for a stroke. i got to have my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, exactly... And then I got my tenant to get her car Mm. and drive me up the road to the ER. Mm. So I would say that that took me about 20 minutes. Mm. You're cutting it close there, girlfriend. I guess I was, Mm. yeah. Uh, But I got there, and I figured that the uh, 
sirens weren't going to get me there mm, very faster. quickly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I could uh, save a thousand dollars. Oh gosh! <laughs> Not only do you need your coffee first, you also got to save some money. I don't have time for this stroke <laughs> <Exactly>. stuff. <laughs> so uh, that's the beginning of my mm. adventure. Yeah, yeah, here. Right, right. And so, was it an ischemic stroke? Did they say, or a hemorrhagic stroke? No, or? it was ex- ischemic, uh-huh, mm-hmm. and it was centered. I believe in the back part, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, so I was lucky enough to um, fulfill the necessary symptoms uh, to be here at the uh, rehab center, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so I was enrolled in their program immediately. I see, and I started my. Uh, Rehabilitation, yeah. Thank you. No, that's yeah. um, And what were some of your deficits immediately following your stroke? Well, first of all, I was not allowed to get up by myself. Mm. I was not allowed to use the restroom facility by myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I did try to sneak a couple times, mm. and I How'd did. How'd that work s- out? It didn't, didn't work, work out, out too very well. well. Oh, no. Uh-uh. And because I was mm. on so many blood thinners, I see. or mm-hmm. so much, mm-hmm. uh, I had some real nasty bruises, Ooh. which I couldn't hide mm-hmm. because in, during the bathing process. Mm cat was out mm-hmm. of the bag. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's been walking around and falling or bumping yeah. themselves. And, oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So how has your rehabilitation um, been in the past what, couple years almost? Um, okay. I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. I am a uh, fully covered union uh, member, mm-hmm. and I'm covered by the motion picture health. Mm-hmm and uh, whatever facilities they are contracted with. You had a PT and OT and ST at home. At home. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I did that for a while, and I must say that I found out very quickly somehow the hour I was expecting was really a half hour, and mm. that the visiting nurses or visiting therapists mm-hmm. were very busy during that time, filling out forms on their laptops. So your therapy session was 50% therapy, whatever else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying those are bad people. Those Mm -hmm, are mm -hmm. wonderful people. Mm -hmm. But I earned in my union uh, Mm -hmm. benefits Mm -hmm. to get a full Mm -hmm. hour. I see. So then I thought, okay. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to try something else. Mm-hmm. And this is over a period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out that I could then curtail the at-home visits. And luckily, I was able to be somewhat mobile. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my mobility mm-hmm. was good enough to uh, use a cane, use a lift, mm-hmm. and get to the clinic. Sure. And how has your recovery been? been since the time of your stroke have you i think that i'm recovering nicely i'm Mm -hmm. very grateful that i don't have a brain injury Mm -hmm. in terms of cognition Mm -hmm. and i'm lucky that i'm able to feed myself and enjoy my pets Mm -hmm. and any friends that might call or come over Mm -hmm. so i'm grateful for that yeah what has been the toughest part of your stroke 
realizing that everything takes time mm-hmm. because of mobility and strength or balance yes or and also because when uh, you're not in the workforce and you're not working at the crack of a whip mm-hmm. whether it's real or whether you're imagining it mm-hmm. being in show business uh, for 40 years mm-hmm. yeah you've had a really neat career time we'll is money time yesterday. is money don't mm-hmm. make the camera wait mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now i see that i don't have to provide that pressure mm-hmm. on myself yes right it's hard to slow down right right talk a little bit about your career as in as being in the entertainment industry and things like that? I started out as a young woman in the fashion industry, working locally up in Seattle Mm -hmm. at uh, different outlets, some known, some not known. And I came down to California for the weather because Mm. I'm uh, partly Mediterranean Mm. And I love being warm mm-hmm. rather than living in a cloud, yes, mm-hmm. a rain cloud. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, my show business career started out as uh, a beginner, and I learned quickly, and I saw the creative aspect being something I imagined that I could do, and I interned uh as a union-paid costumer, Mm -hmm. but I interned under a designer and learned the ropes. Mm -hmm. I became a costume designer in 77, Mm -hmm. and I... uh, And you did costume for television? Mostly television. Uh, What kind of shows? Sitcoms I like very much. Oh, cool. What kind of switch sitcoms? Well, shows like... Taxi. Oh, neat. Uh, I've been very lucky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, the thing is, when you're in my position and had been taught by people who really had some wisdom, having a show is great mm-hmm. because you're working. Mm-hmm. Having something to do in between is important. Mm-hmm. So I've always stayed busy, whether it's little theater right. or some other thing. Sure. Now, are you staying busy now or not so much since the <laughs> stroke? The cold weather lately has made oh, it yeah. difficult can for me take to wind out the uh, sure. want to do anything because mm-hmm. it's painful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I do keep busy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you have three dogs, you're pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, right. They keep you busy, sure. Yeah. I mean, you have to keep your house clean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have to keep your yard clean. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, even from the creativity aspect, I mean, you've gone from being creative and, and selecting clothes for television and, and fashion and things like that. You know, there's oh. probably even a little mental aspect that kind of misses that kind of energy and that kind of intuitiveness and the need to be connected to something i have a pretty vast resume mm-hmm. i i don't want to bore you with oh no you won't bore uh, us. it'll sound like bragging you can come on in whoever it is sometimes it's hard to understand sure come on in sure come on 
You want to join? Hello. How are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. come on. Sorry. No, that's okay. Sure, yes, absolutely, sir. We have refreshments here and everything else. Everybody listening, we just had a, a new visitor come in. Um, you know what, Sharon, why don't we take a moment and at least we'll, we'll meet our new friend here and then we'll come back to that. So, yeah, welcome, sir. My name is Christopher, and um, this is a stroke support group that's actually on the radio and being broadcast all around the world. Uh, we tape it for other stroke survivors and caregivers of stroke to listen to and learn from our experiences. Sometimes we have doctors on. Today we're just kind of a big group that's kind of hanging out and things like that. So, um, good. yeah, good. yeah. feel free to introduce yourself and you can just, tilt, uh, just tilt the mic a little bit towards you. Yeah. I was not a uh, structured Bible, but uh, my wife, you know. Oh, I see. She she got, uh, this is the second time that she got the stroke, oh. you know. Mm -hmm. The first one that she got the stroke, uh, nobody knows it like that. Yeah. Except for uh, a couple of years uh, when she uh, go into her uh, primary doctor. Mm -hmm. And then they found out that uh, her face is starting to... Uh, Droop a little, or Rook it a little bit, yeah. like that one, like that. So they, the doctor, uh, uh, start uh, questioning how 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 did you happen? Did you fall or whatever, mm -hmm. like that one? But she cannot even. She doesn't uh, remember mm -hmm. if she fall over or whatever, like that. Mm -hmm. And then that's where uh, they they starting to get a. Uh, uh, check up her uh, blood like that one, checking up everything like that. Mm -hmm. And then after uh, a couple of weeks, they found out uh, regarding, uh, you know, what happened to that one like that. Because it's uh, uh, it's all uh, focusing in one one thing like that one that she, got, she might get a stroke. I see. Mm -hmm. And that is where they found out, uh, you know, it really happened like that, but, you know. Yeah. Maybe it happened during, uh, you know, uh, when he was, uh, when she is sleeping like that, then, mm. you know. Yeah. And then it happened now, the second time, you know. I see. It I happened see. like this one that, uh, you know. How long has it been since it, she had her first oh, stroke? Uh, I would just say around uh, two to three years like that one, oh. not two and a half years like that, the uh -huh. first stroke. Yeah, but the second one that come out right now is just uh, like uh, 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 last Saturday of uh, this month. I like that, I see. I see. It is almost like uh, nine or ten days now. Oh boy! Yeah. Now, when she had her first stroke, did she recover from that stroke pretty well? Well, uh, she she kind of uh, like. Uh, her mind is not uh, focusing mm -hmm. on what sometimes the topic of what uh, she w uh, they were asking or yeah. she wants to uh, tell everybody like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, we just let it go like that. Mm -hmm. So I was uh, trying to raise her up. To I said, let's go. I, I'm going to help you to... They uh, go to the bottom and never do the one like that, helping her to mm -hmm. the bottom. Mm -hmm. uh, she is very independent on herself. Good. She uh -huh. does everything yeah. like that. Yeah. Eating herself like that one day, watch TV like that, you know, mm -hmm. walking around like that. So, so when I was trying to sit down her on the edge of the bed, she cannot even move her legs like mm -hmm. that. I said, what happened? 
Come on, so I just, uh, you know, tap it a little bit so mm -hmm. she to wake it up like that and and then I put her on the on the side of the bed and she tried to stood up and she could not do it. Mm -hmm. I said, open your, uh, put your leg up, mm -hmm. uh, put it strong and then hold your body like that. And then she fell. So what happened like that, I, when she fell over on the side of the bed, I was, uh, I panicked on that. That is the time I was uh, surprised. I said, what happened to her? So I just almost cried like that, one like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I finally come out to my mind, oh, I have to call 911. Yeah. So I call up 911 and 10, 15 minutes, the, you know, the ambulance of the fire department, they come in like that and mm -hmm. he said, what happened? Oh, I was trying to help her to go to the bathroom, but she never replied mm -hmm. to me and she, she just fell over on the side of the bed. Yeah. So, you know, they brought it to, uh, to Henry Mayo Hospital, that is the closest 10, 15 minutes to our, uh, mm -hmm. our place. Mm -hmm. After that, that is, uh, they found out that uh, she got a stroke like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't realize that they don't have the facility like uh, Saint Joseph yes, Hospital mm -hmm. has, you know. Yeah, yeah, like a comprehensive stroke unit. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you one thing. It's so great that your wife had you there, you know, to take care of the situation. You know, because I mean, she could have been by herself. Uh, you could have been out of the room or out of the house even and things like that. So, I mean, you did exactly, you know, you made the right kind of decisions. You know, you, you assessed it very carefully and very correctly. And, uh, you know, definitely calling 911 was a great idea. Yeah. And, yeah, very, very I guess good. that is the, uh, you know, uh, best remedy when it comes to uh, a, a, a situation like that one, like that, you sure. know? Sure. Well, you know, and also the fact that you said two and a half years had gone by since her first stroke, you know, so, I mean, I could understand why you'd kind of be like, hey, honey, what's the matter here? What's going, you know, because it, so much time had passed between the first stroke that you might not even be thinking that this could be another stroke, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it was so, there was like a big time you know, span in there. Now, you know, they say that there's this one-year, you know, fearful window after a stroke that, you know, you yeah. might be more likely to have known them, but she was already outside of that window. So I could see where, you know, you might not immediately assume that what you're seeing and what she's experiencing is a stroke. Yeah. Well, she is She is certainly in our prayers for a, a speedy recovery, and I'm, she's at an excellent hospital. So, you know, that certainly goes without saying. And Many of the people here, uh, you know, certainly Dave sitting next to you can attest to the quality of the hospital here and the care that she's getting because he got outstanding care. I'm sure he'd be the first to tell you that. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Well, certainly. I was, I was impressed when I come over here. Mm -hmm. The people, you know, everything looked like a very, you know, very yeah. nice people. Well, we're going to take a quick break, everybody. Uh, sit tight and we'll be right back. I used to think going to the dentist was going to hurt, but now I go to Dr. Cade's. Dr. Cade's not just a dentist. He's a pediatric dentist. That means he specializes in us kids. It's fun. Dr. Cade's been a dentist for a really long time. That means he's really good. And his office is awesome. He even has a really cool game room. And sitting there while the dentist works on your teeth might seem boring. Not at Dr. Cain's. 
You get to wear these really cool glasses and watch cartoons while he works on your teeth. Plus, when you're done, you even get to go to Dr. Kate's Toy Stop and pick out a brand new toy. I like that. Hi, I'm Dr. Kate Hensiger, and your child's dental care is our passion. When your child has a dental need, give us a call at 402-330-1131 or visit us online at drkade.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to Life After Stroke. I'm Christopher Ewing. Today we're broadcasting from Providence St. Joseph's Medical Center in Burbank, California, and we're just kind of hanging out with the gang and hanging out with uh, a new member, a couple of new members. Uh, Sharon is new to our team here, a fellow stroke survivor, and then Bernie, uh, who just happened to kind of be here in the hospital. Uh, he was just sharing before the break. His wife uh, recently had her second stroke, and He's here in the hospital, and one of the nurses uh, brought him in and said, hey, you know, we've got a really cool stroke support group that goes on, and it's actually going on right now, and so that's why he's here. And uh, during the break, he was just telling us that uh, his wife has started to do uh, physical therapy now. Uh, so that's a good sign that she has recovered enough from her stroke to be able yeah. to begin th physical therapy, and that's awesome, Bernie. That's so awesome. So uh, definitely tell Norma when you see her after you leave here today uh, just tell her that uh, our prayers are with her and for a real speedy recovery and we look forward to her coming and visiting us in one of our stroke support groups yeah. so we were talking to you Sharon and you were talking a little bit about your career and things like that do you miss being creative since the stroke yes I do you know after 40 years of being a costume designer in motion pictures and television. So I realized that I was the person I am when I was a kid. Hmm. I was always organizing things uh, to entertain others. And as a matter of fact, when I was in elementary school, I used to get to go out of the class, go to the room where they kept the film uh, machines and film stock and I was the one who would wheel all that into the classrooms to show the movies <laughs> and the film strips so I've been an audio visual person since grade hmm. school there you go so your career was established early early on early on <laughs> yes and right. so uh, without boring everybody with details that will sound like I'm bragging because no, bragging the, truth, it's true. the truth is I've been very fortunate to have been connected to influential people whether they were relatives or friends mm -hmm. or whatever mm -hmm. but back to your question about creativity in this period since the stroke I've had an opportunity to overcome some fears, mm -hmm. uh, some inertia. Were they fears that were present pre-stroke, or these are kind of well, new post-stroke fears? I think there was a fears. seed of the fears, mm -hmm. because being uh, raised by adults from a period of time where you didn't throw anything away, mm -hmm. being in a career where creating things takes stuff pieces of lace pieces mm -hmm. of velcro buttons snaps oh all sorts of stuff my garage is just teeming with and i was 
given the opportunity to learn how to be organized by a woman who created her career of organizing stuff. Mm-hmm. And she produces a show on A&E called mm-hmm. Hoarders. Uh-huh. So at least my, all of my stuff, the detritus of my life, is organized. Mm. So it's organized so chaos. <laughs> or, exactly. The yes. fear is that I'm going to die and my garage is going to be filled with stuff that's going to get thrown out. Oh, gosh. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's an episode of Hoarders for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you know, isn't it? Yeah, similar conversation. Okay, so, so the creativity part is uh, looming above mm-hmm. all of this as I begin to relax about the things that I need to distribute and uh, unload. Mm-hmm. I, I guess my thought is, is that in the midst of us having a stroke, in the midst of us coming to terms with, you know, as they say, the new normal of whatever that new normal is, um, I think it's important that we do at least continue to hang on to all of these other aspects of who we are and not just let them fall away too, you know, i.e. creativity. You know, like Dr. Parker continues to write. You know, he wrote books before his stroke. He's writing books now. And, well, he should because he's a fabulous author. Same thing with you in terms of, you know, your creativity and your eye for design and and wardrobe and looks and things like that. You know, I think it's very, very important that we continue to maintain and hold on to certainly everything that we can hold on to. And and it doesn't necessarily have to be hold on to the abilities of walking and movement and things like that. That's a given. But... As our life changes post-stroke, I think it's very important that we try not to let everything change along with it, and even things that have no reason to change, you know, stay motivated, stay out there. And I just continue to hear, um, as I, you know, continue to do the show and, you know, attend support groups, you know, outside of ours and even including ours, you know, sometimes we'll have people talk about this, how people just aren't the same, you know, like their mood will change, their uh, their energy will change, their interest levels will change, all kinds of things will change. And I think it's important that we kind of keep an eye on that and and not lose any more of ourselves than we may already have as a result of the stroke. One of the reasons why I wanted to find a group and why I responded immediately to the information here mm-hmm is because I went to the website, I researched everything I could Mm -hmm. from what was provided, and I noticed that I got excited Mm -hmm. about possibilities Mm -hmm. and about accepting where I am now Mm -hmm. and wanting more out Mm -hmm. of life. And that also... uh, contrasts or if you look for the same connection to how you were before Mm -hmm. it's encouraging Mm -hmm. it's encouraging to feel the magical energy that you get when stimulated you begin to have hope Mm -hmm. and you want to contribute and express yourself 
I don't mean to be so philosophical. No, no, no. I'm I get trying it. to answer your yeah, question. No, no, no. And, and I thank you for you know your kind words about finding out about our stroke group and going to the website and finding information there that excited you and to cause you to come here today and things like that. And I, I thank you for that. And, and I certainly encourage everybody who's listening, explore, find a support group in your own area. I mean, um, you know, I, I just really feel that, and maybe this is why I decided to create you know, life after stroke and this whole thing is to just stay, not stay busy. It's not busy, but staying active and not allowing stroke to just come in and just take over everything. Just, just be so fully consumed with a stroke. You know what I mean? And, you know, push it back. back. Correct. Correct. Push it back all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, and, and people who listen every week have heard me say this several times, you know, and I'll say to you, Sharon, just I start to realize that stroke is like a tornado that comes to a town. It comes, blows in there sometimes without warning. And man, mm-hmm. it could just completely devastate this house. It could cause a tree to fall on this house's garage. It might miss this house over here entirely. And then over here, you know, it might cause some flooding. You know, it just does crazy things. It, it, it's not the same. And, and and that reality hit me one day when I was at a stroke support group and we kind of went around the room because there was a new visitor. And so we went around the room and everybody was introducing themselves and talking about um, when they had their stroke, what kind of stroke they had. And every single person in that room had a different deficit. Whereas I thought, boy, you know, if we all had heart trouble, everybody would have like, you know, all centered in my heart, you know, so that's where your your deficit would be centered. It would be centered in your heart. But because it happened in our brain, man, it could knock something out from head to toe. And it indiscriminately, you just don't know where it's going to hit. Some people, it might be speech. Some people, it might be movement. Some people, it might be, good Lord, swallowing, breathing. I mean, I've heard all kinds of crazy things. And it's just weird. It's just plain weird. And so, um, you know, I obviously was very new to stroke and knew nothing about a stroke, let alone a hemorrhagic stroke. What the heck is that? But again i think the biggest thing is is that as i got deeper into stroke you know after having my own you know days and weeks and months into it it's kind of like wow you you know we can't let this just totally i mean it's already changed our lives and that's a given but it didn't take our lives and it didn't take our lives for a reason it left us with ourselves and in some ways it left us with the greatest part of ourselves you know, I'm sitting across the room from an incredible ling- linguistic over here. I mean, a scholar, a, a doctor in language, for goodness sakes. And he'll be the first to tell you that, yeah, he was very depressed after his speech became affected as a result of his stroke. But, you know, he didn't let it get the best of him. And what he has put into his, his writings, his poetry and everything else, it might be even stronger than it was maybe even pre-stroke. I don't know. But one thing does remain true. He did not let it get the best of him. And it continues to bless people who continue to read his books and his poetry. I mean, we were blessed by it last week when you shared something with us. I mean, it's just, it's fabulous. And so I just really, I'm going into this long-winded thing, and I'm sorry, I know I'm rambling, but I'm very passionate on this topic, which is this stroke comes into our life and it completely devastates us. You know, it comes in and tears apart our town, if you will. And we cannot let the rest of us, just that that we're left with, suffer. 
you know the our creative senses are still there our our interest levels are still there you know we might not walk as fast we might not walk as well we might not talk as fast we might not talk as well but the innards of us is still there you know our 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 creative minds our creative abilities and things like that um and it's those parts of us that were a blessing to others when we were doing them you know when you were doing costuming and wardrobe people watching taxi the tv show and everything else you worked on were entertained by what you were putting together and creating that's still you that's still a part of you now whether you want to still do it or not that's an entirely different question but the fact of the matter is is that that part of you still exists that creative part that that functioning part and we can't just kind of sit in our favorite chair and just go to mush and wax on about yesteryear and oh i remember and kind of wax nostalgic you know about what used to be well it still can be now again whether you want to do it or not you know not you personally but you plurally everybody listening you know you know we still are ourselves and whether we still want to do and be who we were before sometimes it might be dictated by our inabilities i mean i used to show horses all around the world and jump big jumps and all kinds of stuff like that i eh, can't exactly do it right now that's not to say i won't be able to one day but you know it is what it is but there's still other aspects of who i am of who you are and everything else that we can still continue to do and we probably should still continue to do it because it's going to keep us reminded grounded uh involved mm-hmm. And being a part of people's lives. I mean, because, you know, we were given these skills that we have, whatever our skills are, we were given them for a reason, not just to live and breathe and, you know, do what we do while we're here, but to also be a blessing to others and to continue to enrich other people's lives through those things. You know, so whether it's through Dr. Parker's poetry and his writings, whether it's through the wardrobe things that you used to do, uh, Sharon. You know, certainly Dave, the first thing I talked to him about today was, you know, what do you think of the 737 stuff? I mean, you know, he knows all about airplanes and things like that. You know, we've got Gene over here. Gene used to be the president of the American Dental Association. Very, you know, intelligent man. So we're given these gifts and talents and we got to keep doing it. Stroke or no stroke. That's it. So anyway, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Christopher Ewing, and you may have seen on the StrokeChannel.tv website that we have a very special episode coming up soon on the Life After Stroke radio show. In the coming weeks, we are going to devote an entire episode of Life After Stroke to answering any questions that you may have when it comes to health care coverage and health insurance, as well as any legal questions you may have in terms of powers of attorney, living wills, medical directives, and many other topics. We are going to have a lawyer here on the show, as well as professionals from the healthcare industry who, on a daily basis, deal with cutting through red tape when it comes to fighting for patients' benefits through their insurance company or filing complaints regarding better nursing home care and much more so if you have any questions that you'd like to have answered during that episode just go to www.thestrokechannel.tv and let us know you can even ask your questions yourself right on the air from the audience if you live in the burbank area or you can ask your questions over the phone you can even submit your questions online at thestrokechannel.tv and we will ask the professionals your question on your behalf Either way, this is going to be a very helpful and informative episode. So again, just go to www.thestrokechannel.tv to find out how your questions can be answered on this very important upcoming episode of Life After Stroke. 
Hey everybody, welcome back to Life After Stroke. I'm Christopher Ewing. Today we're, I guess the topic today is creativity and how to maintain... Imagination. Yeah. And you know, Dr. Parker, I want to ask you, how, how did you maintain your creativity in the midst of your stroke? Because now, you know, you mentioned before that you know, after you had your stroke, but you, I think you said you were as depressed as hell. <laughs> I think your exact words, if we go back an episode or two. And I can only imagine how devastating it would be for someone, you know, who has a PhD in language and, you know, you were an educator where you taught people how to teach. I mean, speaking obviously was your thing. Um, but, you know, you did not let it put a kink in your armor at all. I mean, you've continued to write and things like that. How did you maintain that strength? Well, two and a half years after my stroke, I didn't write. I read, but that's uh, that's all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my wife said to me, "Why don't you start?" A book about healing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I said no, mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. And she said about a week or two later, uh, I haven't given even up the thing about healing. And I thought about it. Mm-hmm. So I started three weeks to finish the first page, mm-hmm. two weeks to finish the second page, mm-hmm. and that was all crap. <laughs> I threw it away. <laughs> and I started again mm-hmm. with a bit of determination. <laughs> and I finished the first book about a year and year and a half later, mm-hmm. more or less. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm. And then you continued, the, like the one kind of added to the other to the other. It continued Thought to inspire about you. about it, and I said, sure, let's uh, do a book about poems and stories, because I had written most of them before my strokes. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I got the book together and sent it off to Jenny King. Mm-hmm. Then I thought about the third book. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I thought about the fourth book. <laughs> so and let me ask then, you this. What do you say to the person who isn't thinking about anything other than 
how they used to be, what they used to do, what they used to be able to do, how they can't do it I anymore. I know that feeling mm-hmm. down deep inside in me. Mm-hmm. I used to be, uh, I couldn't do anything at all uh, after the strokes. And my wife, Joe Rizzoli, had my had my ear mm-hmm. and kept telling me that, that I could write a book about healing. She didn't know how to do it, but she said, I think you can do it. Because mm-hmm. she knew you. She knew the person that you are, were, still are, still were, and everything else. Still were mm-hmm. and are. Mm-hmm. Both. Even when after the stroke, we may not know that about ourselves. I. That's right. I didn't know that about myself. Mm-hmm. But Joe knew it. <laughs> gotta love the caregivers. <laughs> they gotta love the caregivers. That's right. Uh, so you I'm telling you. have to love the yeah. caregivers. Carrier, Smack you upside the head just at the right time. That's right. Uh, also, Joe, uh, right before she died, mm-hmm. uh, didn't tell and it didn't tell me about it. She had organized a group mm, of me five women who uh, placed her mm-hmm. that they would take, take care, care of, you. of me mm-hmm. after uh, until I died. Mm-hmm. Mie Mason, Vila Kenzo, Jackie Wade, uh, Mary Finkel, and Jen, my daughter. It's a it's a beautiful gesture. It's a beautiful gesture. So, what do you say, Doctor Parker, to someone who has basically? not really given up on their dream or their talent or their skill that they had, but they're kind of sitting there, kind of wallowing in their own juices. And thinking, I was sitting there wallowing in my own <laughs> <laughs> Now i got to find my beep. <laughs> I know I've got one on my computer somewhere. <laughs> my, fr- my friend Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters... I interviewed him one day for my other show, and he, he loves the F word. I love Dave, but he loves the F word, and he's the most coolest guy in the world. And so, you know, but I had to find a beep specifically for that interview because so I was like, oh, shoot, I can't air this on the radio like this. I got to find a beep. So I went online and I found a beep. So, <laughs> so I got to dig it out and blow some dust off. Now I got to use it on you now. <laughs> Always right. you have you use it on me that's all right but really though you know we've got listeners that are listening all around the world that have had all kinds of various talents pre-stroke and 
they many of them probably still have the same talent post trick but you know they're thinking oh well i had a stroke now blah 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 so i wrote maybe two days a week after the stroke uh then three days Mm -hmm. then four days Mm -hmm. then five days so you would say just keep doing it yeah just keep working at it yes and yes i kept working at it and i grew to love writing mm-hmm. and i had to regrow my love for running again hmm. so you got past the point where it's like i can't do this anymore mm-hmm. and just said i'm just gonna do it uh I would sit out and read and look and read and look. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. Well, and Dave, this goes to when, you know, like you've said a few times, just do it. <laughs> you, just, mm-hmm. you just do it. You just, you know, cause suck, it suck it up and do it. Because as I've said a few times, Dave has been that little angel on my shoulder, you know, telling me to move that hand, move that arm. Yeah, it's going to hurt, but suck it up and do it, you know. You know, (laughs) no, 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 you're the angel on my shoulder. No, no, no. Um, You know, and so this is kind of in keeping with that same kind of advice Mm -hmm. that you just you just have to do it. And you can't look back and you can't second guess and everything else. Well, everybody, that is kind of the moral of this week's show, which is, yeah, you had a stroke. Yeah, it kind of sucks, but you know what? You're still you. You're still you. You're still here, and you're still here for a reason. The same blessing that you were pre-stroke, you can be that same blessing post-stroke to all of the people who know you and love you, and even to the ones who don't know you and love you yet. Um, You're still you, and you need to get back to you. You know, you need to get back to who you were, who you still are, and not think, okay, well, my life is different now, so therefore I have to live differently, and therefore I have to think differently and be differently. Eh, Yes, but no. You know? Yes, but no. Yes, but no. Both. You know, you might have to do things a little slower. You might have to do things a little differently. Yes, that's all true. However, you know, there's still parts of you that are still fully intact. That might be your creative sense. It might be your desire to be creative and do whatever that is. Um, And and that creativity doesn't have to be entertainment-wise. It could be anything. Whatever your gift was, that gift is still within you. And it's just up to you to tap back into that now post-stroke. So no more excuses. Um, You've heard... You've heard from certainly Dr. Parker here, who is, you know, the epitome of, you know, kick it into gear and just do it. (laughs) All the books he's written. And um, certainly Dave, the philosopher, in the words of the philosopher Dave, just suck it up and do it. (laughs) Yeah, he's got to pick up again. Anyway, everybody, that's the show for this week. So I want to thank all of you for listening. And until next time, remember, there is still a beautiful life after stroke. This has been a recorded program of an actual stroke support group. The comments expressed are the opinions of the participants and not necessarily the opinions of the producers, sponsors, or the broadcasters of this show. This program is not to be used as a way to diagnose or treat any medical condition that you may have. 
Please consult your doctor or healthcare professional before making any changes to your current medical routine. Life After Stroke is a production of the Hang On to the Dream Foundation, the 501c3 nonprofit organization that helps kids and adults reach their goals in life. If these Life After Stroke programs are helpful to you, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Hang On to the Dream Foundation to assist the organization in its numerous outreach activities. For more information, just go to www.hangontothedream.org. And remember, no matter how hard things seem, hang on to the dream.